We all know there are times when you don't have many choices in who you work with, like when a pipe bursts and you need a plumber right now. But when it comes to your mental health, you should have choices so you don't get stuck with a therapist who can't remember what you tell them every week. To find a good therapist for you, try ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book hundreds of types of doctors, including thousands of mental health providers. We're talking about therapists, psychologists, and psychiatrists. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare hundreds of types of patient-reviewed in-network doctors, including mental health providers, and instantly book appointments with them online. The typical wait time to see a mental health provider booked on ZocDoc is just four days. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments, either online or in person. I use this, and you should too. Go to ZocDoc.com stronger and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated therapist, psychiatrist, or psychologist today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash stronger. ZocDoc.com slash stronger. On today's episode of Mentally Stronger, what is something that you can do now that you're mentally stronger that you used to struggle with? Wow, that's such a great question. Um, I mean, gosh, I think that I, there's still, like, like I said, like there's silly things like going like crowded places or small spaces. That was a big thing. Like anytime I felt kind of closed in, now I feel more confident kind of going into those situations, which is really cool. But I just feel like I have so much confidence and hope that, um, that I'm going to like go through this week and feel good. And I'm just like approach kind of each day and each week like that. And I felt like I was constantly before, like just on eggshells being like, what's this week going to go, um, going to go with, you know, and this, this situation, I think this is really gonna, this is really going to take me down. And now kind of having that perspective being like, no, I'm in control. Like I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that it doesn't. So. Oh, that's amazing. Well, I'm so happy for you. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that you, you found the, the courage to get help when you needed it. And I'm thrilled that you're sharing your story because it's stories like yours from people like you who somebody I think could easily say, well, she has it all together. She doesn't know what it's like uh, to know that you've struggled and, and been there too. I think that's so important. Welcome to Mentally Stronger, the show that will help you develop the mental strength you need to reach your greatest potential, no matter what life throws your way. I'm Amy Morin, a psychotherapist, mental strength trainer, and an international best-selling author of six books on mental strength. Every Monday, I introduce you to a guest whose story and expertise can inspire you to think, feel, and do your best in life. And the fun part is, we record the show from a sailboat in the Florida Keys. Now, let's dive into today's episode. If you're a regular listener, you know that sometimes on Mondays, I interview doctors or experts and researchers who share what they've discovered about mindset and mental health. On other Mondays, I interview people who share their personal stories about how they're growing mentally stronger. And today, that's what we're doing. I'm talking to Madeline Merlot about her personal journey with building mental strength. Madeline is an accomplished singer who's been in the music industry since childhood. She's won tons of awards, including being named Canadian Country Music Association's Rising Star, British Columbia Country Music Association's Female Vocalist of the Year and Female Artist of the Year, as well as Songwriter of the Year. Madeline has also battled mental health issues. And today she's talking about the steps she's taking to improve her mental health while trying to break down the stigma associated with mental health issues. 
Some of the things she talks about today are how she found the courage to get help, the changes she's made to her life to improve her mental health, and the ongoing strategies she uses to build mental strength. Make sure to stick around until the end of the episode for the therapist take, and I'll give you my take on Madeline's mental strength building strategies. So here's Madeline Merlot on how she manages her mental health. Madeline Merlot, welcome to Mentally Stronger. Thank you so much for having me. Excited. I'm excited to talk to you too because I feel like since COVID, like it's kind of become cool to talk about mental health and a lot of celebrities step forward to share their struggles and share their stories. But you've been talking about mental health for a long time, sort of before it was the trendy thing to do. You were already talking about it. What made you so open about talking about mental health for so long? Yeah, I think just my experience with it. Um, When I was in high school, one of my really good friends took her own life when I was like 16. So that was a really um, obviously impactful moment and really was the first time that I had, you know, really learned about mental health or heard the word suicide and that kind of world. And um, I just feel like I was very young for that type of information. So it always kind of impacted me. And then um, later in life at 22, I was diagnosed with PTSD and anxiety, depression. And so I think it's just, it's interesting because I kind of can come from both sides. Like I know it being the person who, you know, wanted to love and support her through it, but like she never told anybody. And then to the other side of going through it myself, um, and it's just, it's, you know, the most difficult thing I've ever had to go through. So I feel like I'm well-versed in, in all things. And I think that mental health is something I've kind of weaved in and out of my music and been open about because I have that experience. And I just feel like I, I, it maybe is like my purpose and like my, I can use my platform in that way to um, just kind of talk about it openly and hopefully inspire other people to do so as well. I'm sorry that you went through all of that, and I'm thrilled that you are using your platform to say, I'm going to talk about it. And since you've started talking about it, like, what kind of response do you get from people? I mean, it's crazy. I think that that was, I released a song called War Pain in, gosh, 2015, and um, it was kind of my song to my friend, things I wish I could have said to her. And it was crazy, the response that I got from that. And I remember my team at the time we're like, are you sure you want to do this? It's going to be a lot of heavy conversations, all the press, all the media is over this really heavy topic. You have to be ready for that. And I was like, you know, I am. And my fan base started really like putting their arms around each other. And even now to this day, when I play that song, um, you know, you just watch immediately their arms go around each other, the ones that know it. And it just means something to them, I think. And it just encourages people to check in on their friends and fight for people and and also people going through it to know that there's those people like waiting in the wings, ready to fight for you. So I think just the impact was amazing. And it just like deepened the relationship between me and my fans as well. I think that's so important because if we all talked more about mental health, I feel like people wouldn't struggle in silence. And it's really when people feel alone. Mm -hmm. I'm a therapist. So people come into my office and talk to me. And I say this on the show all the time, but I sort of have like a revolving door of people that come in and say, nobody knows I'm struggling with this. And I feel like I'm the only one. And then the next person comes in and says almost the exact same thing. But if you just saw this person in the grocery store, you ran into them at their job, they don't look like they're struggling at all from the outside. I know. And it's interesting to kind of unpack and it's 
easier from the other side to be like, why don't you just talk to somebody? Or like, why wouldn't you be open or get help? Um, but when you're in the thick of it, I think there's there's just, you're trying to understand what's going on. There's like a lot of shock and grief. Um, it's a lot of like, I didn't expect that I, I know this happens to other people, but like, I didn't expect that I would have these emotions or these thoughts and stuff um, and shame and like all of those feelings mixed in. So it's a complex situation, um, but it is so, so, so important. Therapy has completely changed my life. I think it is the most amazing thing. And um, if you are someone who's struggling, like you deserve to live a hundred percent life, not like a 40% or even a 60%. Um, talking to like a therapist or opening up is just, it's a game changer for you. So it's important to do that. I'm glad that you said that. Uh, thank mm -hmm. you. And for people, though, who are struggling, because I know depression lies to you. It will say there's no sense in getting help or people are going to think you're weird or you'll be judged. And anxiety will tell people similar things, like there's no sense in trying or people are going to look down on you or you should be able yeah. to pull yourself out of this. How did you find the courage to, to get help for yourself? I mean, I think mine just got to the point where it was like impacting my life so much. My, um, I would say biggest thing was like panic attacks. I was having a lot of them. Um, and they were happening in very inconvenient times when I'd be on a boat and I couldn't see the shore or the grocery store. And that's when, when you said at the beginning, like anxiety or mental health is like trendy. It's like, it's not cute to have a panic attack in front of your friends on a boat. It's embarrassing. You're completely out of control. And, you know, people around me and obviously myself, just like, I was just not able to handle it. And it got so bad that I was like, felt like I, I owe this to myself. Um, I need to do something. Like, I can't live like this anymore. So it really, it, but it really took hitting like actual rock bottom to do it. And it's funny because of my friend who passed away at the time, like I'd always been like, I get help and talk to somebody. And then when I was the one struggling, I suffered in silence for years before I finally did. So it's really like ironic and silly. Um, but it was just when I was enthralled in it, I was just felt like I wasn't even home. I was just like every day trying to like just get through the day. It felt like. Yeah, there is that funny dynamic. And you're certainly not the only one that struggled with that. That We tell other people, oh, don't be embarrassed or you should ask yeah. for help. But even I know therapists who will say, I'm really struggling, but the last thing I wanted mm -hmm. to do was go to therapy for myself. Yet we all yeah. would tell other people, no, you should definitely reach out to somebody. Mm -hmm. How scary was it to finally say, okay, I need some help and, and to take that step? Scary. Um, and I will say that going to therapy is hard. I mean, it stirs it all up and it gets... It's for me, at least, it felt like it got worse before it got better because um, you're just not trying to deal with all these kind of things and trauma and, or, or emotions. And then therapy, you kind of face it. But um, the only way through is through, I like to say. And it's like, it's going to come for you <laughs> eventually. So you kind of just got to face it head on. But it was really scary. It was nerve wracking. Um, I remember I had got prescribed um, an uh, Lexapro, I think it was. And it sat on my shelf for months. You know, I was like very nervous to try that. Um, and then when I finally did, it was like such a gain, like it helped me so much. So I think the whole, my whole process, I was very, um, shy and kind of like scared to take the steps. And then when I did, it was like so great. So, um, yeah, it was hard. How did that coincide with your music career in terms of what did you struggle with your mental health first and then your music career started to, to be on the rise or how did that play out? Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because especially like nobody knowing, like it was 
it was at points where I felt like my music career was doing really well. Um, I'm originally from Canada and started my career up in Canada. And, you know, there are points where I was, you know, on big tours and winning awards and playing these big festivals and my, hearing my songs on the radio and all these amazing things were happening. And then I was struggling so much and it sucks because it didn't matter, like all these great things that were happening because I was so sad. Like it just trumped all of it. So those really like awesome moments, sometimes I'm like, can't really even remember them because I was just kind of dealing with all that. Um, But I never like, I just really pushed through. I remember there was a few small things that I was like, I just can't do that today, but never told, you know, my team, like it's because I can't, I was like, oh, I'm sick or like made some excuse up in that moment. Um, and then, you know, backstage before a show, feeling like an, a panic attack kind of coming on or a lot of anxiety and stuff. So it was hard, like juggling both um, and was so liberating once I finally was like, hey, like I'm struggling with this. I'm dealing with this and was only met with just like compassion from every single person, um, which was amazing. And did you feel bad? So sometimes I'll run into successful people who say, you know, I should be grateful. I should be happy. I shouldn't feel all of these things. And because they're successful, they feel like uh, like there's something especially broken within them because they're not as happy as they should be or they're still battling anxiety. 100%. I mean, that's like the figure eight of it. It just kind of keeps going around where you are. You feel just ashamed and um, you're like, why is this happening? And then that just breeds to more. I mean, shame just breeds shame and you just kind of end up feeling worse. So having grace for yourself is really important in those situations. And I also just, I mean, the level of compassion after going through something like that is just so big for anyone who's struggling um, that like those feelings are normal. Um, You know, it doesn't matter. Like it's a chemical imbalance in the brain sometimes, you know, it's like there's nothing you could have done to like prevent it. And it's just like kind of like the cross you bear right now and you can get through it and all that stuff. Okay, let's take a second to pause right here to get a quick word from our sponsors. An electrolyte imbalance can cause headaches, fatigue, cramps, brain fog, and weakness. I know because I learned the hard way. Like a lot of people, I avoid eating too much processed food and I drink plenty of water, which is healthy, but it also depletes your brain and your body of the sodium that they need to function at their best. So I started drinking Element a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix that's free of artificial colors and other dodgy ingredients. Having my electrolytes back in balance has cured my brain fog, and I have a lot more energy. I love all the flavors, like watermelon salt, but now I'm also a fan of the new Element Chocolate Medley, which is meant to be enjoyed hot. My favorite flavor is chocolate mint. I love to drink it in the cool evenings on my sailboat. If you want to see how much better Element can make you feel, try it risk-free. Order it for yourself, and if you don't like it, give it away, and they'll give you your money back. No questions asked. And right now, members of the Mentally Stronger community can receive a free Element sample pack with any order. Just go to drinkelement.com stronger to claim your sample pack. That's drinklmnt.com stronger. I hear from a lot of couples who say that technology is making their relationship more difficult than ever. From misunderstandings over text messages to spending more time on their phones than with each other, it's understandable that smartphones can create relationship problems. But what if you used your phone to enhance your relationship? It's possible with an app called Paired. You and your partner download the app and pair together every day. 
Paired gives you questions, quizzes, and games to play. These activities can help you stay connected while also deepening your conversations. It's simple. Every day you get a quiz or a question to answer, and you can't see your partner's answer until you answer yourself. There are games like How Would You Describe Me? and quizzes like the Relationship Checkup. Whether you're just a few dates in or you've been together a long time, it's time to lighten the mood and have fun with your partner by using Paired. Head to paired.com stronger to get a seven-day free trial and 25% off if you sign up for a subscription. Just head to paired.com stronger to sign up today. Connect with your partner every day using Paired. A happier relationship starts here. And did you know what it was at the time? Like, did you know, okay, this is a panic attack? Or back then, did you just think there's something really wrong with me? Yeah, for sure. I remember, like, remember very vividly the first one and the ones that kind of followed. And um, my my symptoms still are super physical. Like, I feel it's like my hands will shake or my teeth will chatter. My nervous system is really, really afraid. Like, there's a lot of anxiety. And, um, I mean, I would be like, my heart is going to give out. Like it felt like I was, you know, just so, so, so worked up and um, couldn't feel like my hands or my feet because like I wasn't getting enough oxygen because I wasn't able to catch my breath. Like it was really scary the first time I was literally, thought I was, you know, dying. It was horrible. A lot of people end up in the ER and that's how a lot of people end up in the therapy office because they end up, they start Mm -hmm. out by going to the emergency room thinking they're having a stroke or a heart attack. And then the- all the tests come back okay. And they say, oh, it was a Mm -hmm. panic attack. And the person then is like, wait, what? (laughs) And quite surprised often because they feel like physically they're about to die. Yeah, I know. It's it's the mind and the nervous system is very powerful and very impactful. Um, And it's so bad for you. I remember a therapist telling me that like having panic attacks are not good for you. Like you're putting your, your body is very, very incredibly stressed out. It doesn't know what's going on. It thinks it's about to die. Like it was this weird like disconnect between mind body. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to figure this out. Like what is happening? You know? So was it really therapy and and medication that helped you to, to get to where you are today? Yeah. 100%. Um, I think, and it's been a slow process, you know, it hasn't, it wasn't overnight and it's kind of inched itself to get better. And I can kind of look back at the year and I haven't had like a panic attack free year yet, but it's like less and less as more time goes by. And um, the more therapy that you do and finding coping skills. And I'm super, super big on like maintenance and preemptive stuff. Like I know when like my house starts getting really messy, like that's a bad sign, like kind of picking up on these things or able to recognize the beginning stages of those things to just kind of like like get to them quick before it escalates into something worse. Oh, so those are a couple of good points there. The fact that you said mm-hmm. you still do have some panic attacks. They just mm-hmm. don't. sounds like they don't rule your life anymore. You figured out yeah. how, to, how to manage them. But also now you pick up on warning signs that your mental mm-hmm. health is potentially starting to go downhill. That's something mm-hmm. I love to do with people in my therapy office yeah. when they're maybe wrapping up therapy is we have that conversation of like, what are some warning signs? And when people can recognize mm-hmm. their personal warning signs of, Yeah, when my house gets messy, when I start to get irritable or when I'm not sleeping or whatever Mm. it might be, they can sometimes then catch it so that they they feel like they don't go down the downward spiral and that things don't get quite as bad as they did before. 
Exactly. And there's this, there's like control in that. And the whole thing with panic attacks is the lack of control. So I love to hold on to that. And even if I'm fighting with my husband or, you know, I'm getting like worked up, I know that like, I can only, I always say I can only fight for so long. I can only argue for so long. Cause I know that if I keep going and keep going, I'm going to get more and more, like my chest is going to get tighter and then it can lead to that. So sometimes I'm like, you know, I just need to like walk away from this argument. I'm feeling myself getting worked up. Um, and that like, you wouldn't think that an argument would like lead to that, but, um, it's any time that I feel like, um, out of control or, um, yeah, like any, my body's in distress kind of, it feels like fear too. If I'm really scared, like that'll lead to a panic attack, like obviously, but, um, and sometimes it's like a day later, like if something scary happens, like the next day, one will come on for no reason, but it's just my nervous system reacting. And how would you say your mental health is these days? It's been so good. It's been awesome. I really feel like um, my husband has been so amazing, such an incredible, solid, he's a very like even keeled person. And it's just been such a blessing to me. Um, I think like leaning into my faith as well has been so helpful and such a game changer. So I just feel like I'm definitely like the best that I've been in so long and um, feeling really, like I always say, I've been so lucky in my career. I've accomplished a lot of things and on my bucket list and stuff, but this is like the thing that I'm proudest of because um, it was a journey. Have you stayed in therapy and stayed on medication? Is it something you've done on and off over the years? Um, yeah, I definitely went, um, I had a period where I wasn't in therapy and then um, got back in it. Um, so I'm consistently in therapy. I'm actually not on medication anymore though, um, which was which was awesome. I felt very accomplished being like, okay, I think I can handle that. But um, like I said, at the time when I first went on it, it was so such a, an incredible tool for me. That's the thing about medication. Sometimes people uh, often have those fears of like, I didn't mm -hmm. want to take it. What if I have side effects? And those are all great things to consider. And for some people, they just need it just for a little while, just until mm -hmm. they say, okay, well, now I feel good enough. Whether we're talking about an antidepressant that you take it for long enough and you get the energy so that you can then start doing things and then you feel yeah. better. And then some people do have disorders where maybe they do need medication lifelong. And it's always important to consider that and to talk to your doctor and to yeah. figure out like, do I really need this? And is it a tool? And how long would I need to take it? And can I come off of it? And what to expect when you come off of it too? Totally. Yeah. I think it's, it's something that is, it's a very, you know, intimate thing you're doing with your doctor, but I think there's like no shame behind it. Um, you know, I think they all do different things for different disorders and stuff. And mine, I think it just, it dulled the pain down. And it, like you said, enabled me to like take a breath and be like, okay, how can I sort this out? How can I deal with this and confront these things and like what's happening and really get to the bottom of it? Because when I, like, I was so in the thick of it, like I wasn't even able to do that work. Um, and so it was a, it was a great tool. Sometimes I'll hear people say, well, it's a crutch. I don't want to take a me medication because it's a crutch. Well, if mm. you broke your ankle, would you then yeah. think it was mm -hmm. a bad idea to use a crutch? Or if you had a physical issue, for some reason, we often treat the mental health issues a little differently than we do the physical health ones. 100%. I always say like, and I've been very big on boundaries and if situations impact my mental health negatively or certain relationships and stuff. Like, I'm like, this is a life or death issue for me. This is a big deal. Like I need to be very careful. So if this situation or something is causing me a lot of, um, distress, like I just can't have it a part of my life because this is very serious. Um, and I think, and 
it's hard to really like wrap your head around that unless you've um, experienced that or you're close to someone who's experiencing that. Um, but it's so true. I think the same way about um, I don't have any kids, but like uh, like an epidural. I'm like for and I'm like, it's such an inc- crazy thing that we don't have to go through. And there's this like stigma sometimes about like, oh, she did it natural. I'm like, would you get like a surgery without like, no, I don't need the I don't need the medication for it or the um, the painkillers for it. It's like, what? It's like, geez. Yeah, there is that strange uh- idea, I think, sometimes. And of course, I talk mm. about mental strength and I try to show people that there's a difference between mental strength and mental health. If you're struggling with a mental health issue, that isn't a weakness. In fact, it takes yeah. strength to say, I need help. And it mm-hmm. takes strength to be vulnerable and to to step forward and to try to try to yeah. do things differently. It takes a lot of strength to do that. Yes. Yeah. 100%. And doing the work in therapy, like I know um, if you talk to someone, you're like, oh, have you been to therapy? And they're like, I don't want to open that like can of worms or whatever. And that's, that's it right there. It's like, if you are brave enough to open the can of worms, like it's going to suck. Like it takes an incredible amount of strength to, to, to actually, um, you know, go through all of that. But like I said, I just think we all deserve to live like at a hundred percent and just saying like, well, I guess I'm just going to chill here at 40% and I'm just going to like this is just me. Like, I'm just depressed. I'm like, no, there's so much more that you can do for yourself. Um, and I think that's when mental strength comes in, right? It's like you, we have the power to, we have the tools, we have the power, like we can pull ourselves out to the other side um, or as best as we can. Yeah. And there does seem to be that idea that, uh, yeah, if I open up that can of worms, I'm going to make my life worse. And that's mm-hmm. something I hear often when people come into therapy and they'll say, well, I had this thing that happened, but I don't want to talk about that. We'll talk about something yeah. different because they're afraid that, yeah, if, I, if I've if i pushed it down so far and I've held it at bay this long that if I open the floodgates, then I just won't be able to, to ever close that door again or I won't be able to yeah. ever manage my emotions. If I start to cry, I'll never stop. How do you mm-hmm. find the the courage to say, I'm going to talk about these tough things? Um, my therapist actually says, she always says, I'm very connected to my courage. Um, and you know, I moved to Nashville, my family's back in Canada. I've always done things that were, you know, took courage and, and, um, I feel like I'm always scared while I'm doing it, but I'm like going to be brave and, and get it done. I think that's like a personality like trait of mine. Um, but I don't know. I mean, like I said, I think I just hit a point where I was like, this is impacting my life, this is impacting my relationships, my work. Um, and I just want to, as mu- many days, have as many good days as I can. And it was starting to feel like it was more bad days than good days. And I mean, I just don't think that I just couldn't do that. I'm like, this is my one life on this earth. Like I owe it to myself to do everything I can. And even if, you know, it doesn't help, like I just was willing to go down like every avenue um, in order to feel better. It's one of those examples of this is going to be hard work, but it's also Mm. really hard work, not addressing those things. It makes life so much harder over the long term Mm -hmm. versus I'm going to do some really hard work right now with the intention of making life much better and easier down the road. Yeah. That's so true. The choose your hard thing. It's like marriage is hard. Divorce is hard. Like it's all hard. You have to choose your hard. I love that. What kinds of things do you do in life now to manage your mental health? Um, I mean, I think that, like I said, I'm really connected to my faith. So I think like staying rooted in that is really important. Um, I like to do 
like yoga and Pilates kind of like, um, like slower kind of workouts that don't it's not super hit workouts where my heart is racing. Like I enjoy those more just moving my body. And, um, so, you know, it's obviously spending time with my family and friends, but for me, I think being outside is a huge one. I love to hike. I love me and my husband just went to Yosemite last year and just being in, like, I love to be in big giant places where I feel like this small and I'm yeah. like, you know what, maybe, maybe it doesn't really matter. Like maybe everything's okay. And I really, there's so much solace in, you know, just going for a walk, um, getting lost in the woods. And I, I grew up in kind of a rural part of Canada. So I think there's also an element that feels kind of like home to that, but, um, that helps me so much. Oh, I love that. So those are all fairly small things that have a big impact, right? Even if it's, I'm going to go outside, I'm going to go, Mm -hmm. go for a walk in the woods. Those little things can sometimes make a big difference. For sure. I also, um, ice, I think is a really great tool for me. Um, I don't know if you tell your clients, I'm sure that you do, but like when I'm in a panic attack or like my nervous system is really freaking out, I'll squeeze ice cubes or put an ice pack on my chest or just go outside, especially when it's really cold and the shock of the cold like can reset or a cold shower or something. I feel like that is so, so, so helpful. Um, and then breathing. I think we all know it is like, it sounds silly, but it is so, so, so important to figure out how to go in a, in a dark room and just start taking deep breaths. I promise it will help you. Okay, let's take a second to pause right here to get a quick word from our sponsors. Do you want to get high quality meat delivered straight to your house? Or in my case, a sailboat? Try ButcherBox. It saves me time and money. And if you order right now, Mentally Stronger listeners can get steak, chicken, or salmon free in every single order for an entire year. I love that ButcherBox offers grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, and wild-caught seafood. There are no antibiotics or added hormones. They even offer vegetarian options. ButcherBox lets you decide how often you want deliveries, and you can pick a curated plan or you could completely customize your box. Sign up at butcherbox.com stronger and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer, plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com stronger and use code stronger to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Let's face it, money is the one subject we all need to deal with, but no one actually wants to talk about. The good news is there's a podcast helping you learn everything about money no one taught you. Meet Everyone's Talking Money, hosted by me, Shauna Game. Everyone's Talking Money focuses on relevant, inclusive, and forward-thinking conversations around money and just helps you get in a better relationship with your money no matter what your goals are. Do yourself a favor and subscribe to Everyone's Talking Money podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And it's funny that you say that when you say breathing and then you say it sounds silly, but Mm -hmm. because so many people will say that where they'll say, you know, I learned about breathing, but I discounted it for a long time because I, people will even kind of roll their eyes. Like I showed up with this issue and you want me to practice my breathing skills. No, Mm -hmm. but it's really powerful. It is. And there's the science is there to back it up if you look if you look into it. So anyone who's laughing at breathing, I'm like, Google it. I swear right, it's amazing. Right. <laughs> Can we talk a little bit about your newest song, Makeup? 
Yeah, I would love to for sure. And what's what was your thoughts that went into that one and coming up with with those? Because you have really powerful lyrics in that song. I love it. Thank you. Um, you know, my my therapist was actually kind of a an inspo of it. I was in her office and I was engaged at the time and I was getting married. And um, I had said to her, like, I'm so scared to get like, I'm so scared I'm going to fail. Like, I don't know. Um, I don't know what I'm doing. And I had a really, really bad example of marriage growing up. And she said, you know, you're going to be handed a lot of things in life, pass down these things. Like, you don't have to take them. And that, like, was so liberating and such a cool thought. And I realized that I had these kinds of questions. Um, and I remember I went to the gym and I was walking on the treadmill after. And I wrote, like, almost like the whole verse and chorus, just like the lyric of it. Um, and kind of these questions that I was like, my father growing up, he had a lot of anger. He was a really angry person. Um, and I know that that is in me um, when I kind of lose control and really get really angry. And I hate that. And I'm like always just kind of accepted that, well, that's a part of who I am. And then I was like, but what if, what if it's not? Like, what if I can change that? Like, maybe we all have the power to change these things. Um, and so it's honestly like not that empowering of a song. I mean, it's really just all of these questions that I've wondered and swirling around in my head. Um, and then I think there's power in just feeling like if somebody heard this song and they like, um, you know, they related to it, they're like, oh, someone else has those questions too. And that's comforting versus like it, the song doesn't end with like, you can change or like anything, like any practical advice. It's literally like, can this be the way I am or can it be the way I was? Like, can I make these changes? It's a bunch of questions. And that's such a powerful thing because it's something that I do think so many of us battle and question and wonder. And the things that we perhaps held true about ourselves for a really long time, there often comes a point in our lives where we think, wait, maybe that's not the case. Maybe I don't have yeah. to do that. But on the flip side, there's times too where we uh, maybe we think we can't have a good life until we change something. So an mm -hmm. example might be somebody who struggles with anxiety. They come into my therapy office and say, I just need you to get rid of my anxiety so I can have a good life. But maybe a good life is living with anxiety. But on the flip side of that, somebody else who says, you know, I'm really bad at math, so I can't live my dream career. Maybe you're capable of learning. So it's about figuring yeah. that out, right? Like what mm -hmm. kinds of things can we change and what kinds of things might we just accept and still try to live our best lives despite start struggling with? For sure. And it just acknowledging it too. Like the first line of the chorus is, do I hate my body because my mother hated hers? And my mother was amazing. I mean, she loved my body. She never spoke down about my body. But growing up, we had frozen diet meals in the freezer and she didn't want herself in pictures. And it's very obvious that she felt, you know, and I think so many women, like I'd be close to say almost everyone like has and men too have, you know, some type of body image issue. And it's like that line is just kind of like, is that why? Is it like society? Like, do I feel these ways because I'm programmed to feel these ways? Can I undo all of that and learn to love my body? Like, I think that you're right. Like there's some things um, that you, like, I think there's power that you can control that. And then there's another line I love in the second verse that says, is my anxiety all of me or just a threat? I'll pull it till there's nothing left. And it's like, is it encompass me or is it just a threat? A threat I can, I can live with my thread, you know, or, or that kind of battle with like, can I, can this be a small part of me, not all of me? And that example too of 
body image, such a powerful one, because I think mm -hmm. over the past decade or two, we've become much more aware of how those little things do affect kids. If you grew up with mm -hmm. a mother who said, you know, I don't want to be in a picture or I'm not going to be in yeah. a bathing suit or I'm not going to do certain things that affects us. And I think a lot of us did. And uh, back then, I don't think we really realized what an impact that was having uh, on the next generation. Mm -hmm, for sure. And the, and the same thing happened with my grandmother and I like, it's, it's just gone on for so long. Um, you don't realize that like how much you can, I guess, pass down and, and impact and stuff like that. But I mean, that's such a, it's such a hard issue. Um, and that's why I said the song is just a lot of questions and things that have been swirling around my head that um, I hope that people can, you know, maybe find themselves in. I hope so too. And we just did an episode recently with Marielle Bouquet, who wrote a book about intergenerational trauma. And it really talks mm -hmm. about how do you stop these things? How do you say, all right, I'm going to stop this so that I don't pass this on. I don't want this to be my legacy in a way that still honors the fact that perhaps this is what you grew up with. This is what you learned, but mm -hmm. you're going to make some positive changes moving forward. So I think that's a powerful, powerful message. I totally agree. And it's, it's easy to say like, let the trauma kind of take the wheel and be like, let it kind of crash you or, or me like take after these maybe negative characteristics. Um, and it's easy to blame like that or like the inner child for like everything. Or I can be like, I can have a really great marriage because I'm worthy of that and I can put in the work and I can like, I'm able to do that and like stop that trauma cycle. Um, where I'm at. You know what I mean? So I think there's like a lot of choice in our lives. And sometimes we don't even think that we're not even like aware of it. I think so too. And did I hear that you're writing a children's book? Yeah. So that's something that I've always wanted to do. Um, and just, and it, it, it's really about just really basic foundational skills when um, you're having maybe, you know, a lot of anxiety and just, it's, you know, it's really focused around breath work. It's called slow down heart. Um, and it's something that just like a passion project and something I'm working on. Um, but I would love to, to have that and wished that I think there's a lot of people that, um, and young people that might need to, you know, use those skills, whether they're having anxiety or there's a big test or they're in a fight with their brother or their parents are fighting just a, a kind of a, it's like a nursery rhyme to kind of like cool them off and, uh, relax them. So, yeah. I love that. that. Anxiety yes. is such a, such a struggle for, for young people these days. Yeah, so any I tools know. and resources we can give kids, I think is so important. Yeah. Okay. Last question for you. What is something that you can do now that you're mentally stronger that you used to struggle with? Wow, that's such a great question. Um, I mean, gosh, I think that that's really great. I I think that I, there's still, like like I said, like there's silly things like going like crowded places or small spaces. That was a big thing. Like anytime I felt kind of closed in, now I feel more confident kind of going into those situations, which is really cool. But I just feel like I have so much confidence and hope that um, that I'm going to like go through this week and feel good. And I'm just like approach kind of each day and each week like that. And I felt like I was constantly before, like just on eggshells being like, what's this week going to go, um, going to go with, you know, and this, this situation, I think this is really going to, this is really going to take me down. And now kind of having that perspective being like, no. I'm in control. Like I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that it doesn't. So 
Oh, that's amazing. Well, I'm so happy for you. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you, you found the, the courage to get help when you needed it. And I'm thrilled that you're sharing your story because it's stories like yours from people like you who somebody I think could easily say, well, she has it all together. She doesn't know what it's like uh, to know that you've struggled and, and been there too. I think that's so important. So thank you for sharing yeah. your story. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. appreciate it. Absolutely. Welcome to The Therapist Take. Let's break down Madeline's mental strength building strategies so you can work on applying them to your own life. Number one, take charge of your mental health. Madeline said she used to encourage other people to get help, but when it was time to get help for herself, that was really hard to do. That's pretty common. It's tough to accept help for ourselves, and it's much easier to tell other people, oh, you should go talk to somebody. But for whatever reason, when it comes to actually doing it for ourselves, it's difficult to admit that we need help or that we could use a little extra support. I know that therapy isn't accessible to everyone. And while Madeline said that was key to helping her get better, not everybody has the opportunity to go to therapy. But that doesn't mean that you can't work on your mental health. Listening to this podcast is a great start. You could also read books, join support groups, Or find some online forums that could help your mental health too. But therapeutic activities aren't the only thing that can improve your mental health. There are so many different things out there that can be therapeutic, even though they're not directly linked to mental health, like working out, taking a class, learning a new language, or just picking up a new hobby are all kinds of things that could be really good for your mental health too. It's important, though, to be proactive about your mental health, just like you might be about your physical health. If you're passive about how you spend your time or who you spend it with, you're probably not going to be the best version of yourself. It's important to carve out time to do things that are good for your psychological well-being. And it's especially important even if you're a really busy person, because I guarantee there's never going to be a convenient time to work on your mental health or deal with a mental health issue. And if you don't take care of your mental health right now, you might experience more issues down the road. Number two, look for the triggers that worsen your mental health. So Madeline talked a lot about how she's learned to identify the triggers that tend to be associated with her panic attacks. That's really important for everyone. We all have triggers that worsen our mental health, not just panic attacks whether it's the holidays or just having one drink of alcohol or being around family or certain people, it's important to be aware of the factors that make it more difficult for you. When you identify what those factors are, you can avoid those things altogether or take better care of yourself when you're going to experience them. One of the biggest misconceptions I face when I talk about mental strength is the idea that you should be strong enough to handle anything but your environment really affects your ability to build mental strength. So it's important to create an environment that's best suited to you. Now, if you have social anxiety, for example, you might think the best environment for me is to stay home and never leave, so then I don't feel anxious. Obviously, that's not healthy either. Staying home and never doing anything is the perfect recipe for depression and other mental health issues. So when I talk about the importance of creating a healthy environment and identifying your triggers, It's because it's important to know what challenges you need to face and to recognize that we need to experience some discomfort in life to keep growing. 
But at the same time, you can respect that you're going to work on things slowly without jumping right out there and doing things that worsen your mental health in the long term. And number three, establish boundaries. Boundaries are the fence that you put up to protect your inner peace. That could mean anything from deciding that you're not going to loan somebody money to I'm just going to ignore a text message from someone who's trying to bait me into an argument. Just remember that boundaries are for you. They're not about changing somebody else's behavior or teaching anybody else a lesson. There are the things that you're doing to manage your emotions and to manage your energy. You can be flexible with your boundaries. In fact, they'll probably need to change over time. But that's really key to helping you manage your mental health is to recognize here are the boundaries that I need to be the best version of myself. So those are three of Madeline's strategies that I highly recommend. Take charge of your mental health. Look for triggers that can worsen your mental health so you can develop a plan and keep working on establishing the boundaries that protect your inner peace. To learn more about Madeline and to hear her music, check out her website, madelinemerlot.com, or click on the link in the show notes. Thanks for hanging out with me today and for listening to the Mentally Stronger podcast. If you'd like to show, please leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. That's one of the best ways you can help us get our show in front of other people so we can keep making the world a stronger place. And if you want more tips on building mental strength, subscribe to Mentally Stronger Premium. You'll get weekly bonus episodes and exclusive extras just for being a premium subscriber. Sign up at mentallystronger.supercast.com or click on the link in the show notes. And if you know somebody who could benefit from learning more about mental strength, share the show with them. Simply sharing a link to this episode could help someone feel better and grow stronger. And as always, a big thank you to my show's producer, who just returned from the Grammys, Nick Valentine. <laughs>